Macon is an independent audiovisual publication focused on the world of creativity and the big ideas shaping creative culture. You can hear all of our stories by searching for M-A-E-K-A-N on your favorite podcast app. Or get the full experience by heading over to the site, macon.com. you're about to listen to an audio story featuring Contra and Cake Shop from Seoul, South Korea. Do you see Cake Shop having the potential to exist anywhere else in South Korea? No. Seoul is just the most cosmopolitan and the most open. And uh, for foreigners, I think it would be very hard to operate this kind of weirdo eccentric place. I mean, Korea is still quite a conservative place, especially once you get it outside of Seoul. My name is Gabriel Joseph. I'm the creative director for what we have become to reference as CCP, which is Cake Shop Contra Pistol. So when did you first hear about Cake Shop, Alex? The first time I heard about Cake Shop was actually from our friend Kyuhi who was uh, at the time working for Adidas Originals in Seoul. And it was, uh, I think it was our first trip in Seoul. Lindsay brought me there. And uh, she Lindsay was, being your girlfriend. Lindsay being Lindsay, my better half. And Q, he was like, hey, you guys are in town. You need to check out this place. Uh, it's called Cake Shop. It was opened by a couple friends of mine. They were kind of like all in the, in the creative scene and in the music scene in Seoul. I think most people that are into the sort of music that you'll find at Cake Shop and Contra, Contra being the more recent spot that opened, it's definitely kind of nestled itself into this space within music in Asia, where especially being based in ET1, I think there's a strong connection with its surroundings. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, we did a story a while ago with Kyuhi, actually, um, and she wrote about Itaewon, which is a district in Seoul, and it's always been kind of a hub uh, for counterculture movements, and it dates all the way back until World War II. I would say that comparatively, Itaewon is its own little microcosm. It serves as a home that is very much influenced by foreign foreign things, and the restaurants, the fact there's a mosque there, it's all very unique in the way it, it portrays itself. Before Cake Shop opened in Itaewon, uh, it was sort of like a touristy kind of nightlife party area, and it still is, but you can see how Cake Shop, which opened about five years ago, has been a destination or sort of a place where an alternative kind of nightlife crowd could go. You know, it was like the next generation of um, Koreans that maybe were living abroad that were kind of coming back to Seoul and were looking for something that wasn't like the typical major mega club that wasn't playing like EDM. It had a little bit more of an eclectic uh, curation of sounds that were that were going on, um, DJs, things like that. And um, it's small. I mean, you literally go into like a basement and it's it's below ground. And it's really counter to what at the time was basically all that Seoul offered, which was like the mega club, massive room, massive stage with a DJ and like laser lights and everything like that. Um, it's, it's very opposite of that, but it still has energy and it still has a, a really great vibe. 
Yeah, to that point, I think everything that Gabe and his crew have done, Gabe and Sam, the other co-founder, they've basically maintained this sort of independent spirit. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards what they do. The vision is so clear cut that, you know, you kind of know immediately what to expect and whether you're on board or not. I don't want to speak even on all of Seoul, you know, like I wouldn't be comfortable operating outside of Itaewon. We're Itaewon guys, we all live and work here. And so I don't even, Itaewon is not even really Korea, you know, it's like Itaewon is Itaewon. So yeah, I couldn't see us doing this anywhere else, but in this neighborhood. So it was on a weekday when unfortunately Cake Shop and Contra were closed and myself, Alex and our friend Justin Gorman stopped by to chat with Gabe. What part of your childhood do you think and your musical interests kind of laid the foundation for this? Uh, I, I majored in music, so I grew up playing in bands. And uh, I didn't get into electronic music until much later. But as a teenager, I spent a lot of time in clubs. Whether I was old enough or not, you know, I found my way in. And those were the experiences that really informed who I am. Um, and yeah, so I've just always been around live music and it's always been going to concerts, whether I'd be playing them myself. And it was just like, that's where I, uh, those are the moments that I look back on the most fondly and where I felt the most excited. And so I didn't really imagine myself to be in this position that I'm in now. It just sort of happened. But it seems now, now that I look back on it, it feels really natural. Was there anything about your the music scene growing up that you think you found excitement and that brought you to the point here where you're like obviously at the cusp of like some of the most influential DJs or or basically people that are ushering a new movement? I don't know if my experiences growing up in the live music scene really has much to do with what we're doing now. But just the other night I was talking about this club in Toronto called The Comfort Zone. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But yeah, my one of my family friends, our, my family's friends, um, he was one of the owners. And so his son, who's a very close friend of mine, worked there. And then later my older brother worked there. It's like one of the most notorious uh, late night rave spots in Canada. I got raided like many times for drugs and this and that. Um, I only went there a handful of times, but... If I had to look back on my experiences growing up in, in Toronto as they relate to what I'm doing now, I would say that those fleeting moments that I spent in the comfort zone, much more relatable to Cake Shop and Contra than my experiences in like uh, indie rock clubs, for example. What was your initial interest in coming to South Korea? I mean, like... Uh, like most foreigners, yeah, I was started here as an English teacher. It just like, I guess a bit of like, people ask me this question all the time. Why did you come here? Uh, the easy answer, I don't just a little bit of adventure, I guess, you know, I was 23 when I moved here. So I just graduated and I wasn't really working in the field of work that I envisioned myself after studying music for four years. And my best friend was just like, yo, I heard we can get, you know, easy, decently paying jobs in Korea. And we just went for it, and that was it. What was sort of the catalyst for even starting Cake Shop? Was it under the... Ba did you ever look at it as there's a hole missing? 
or it was it to fulfill your own personal no, interests? No, definitely we felt like there was something missing. So basically what, while I was teaching English, me and my buddy were doing DJ stuff on the side and throwing parties. And um, it, got, it reached ahead where we were, you know, I had met who's now my business partner, Sam. I'd met him through that. We were sharing DJs and stuff. And then it reached a head where it was like, well, why are we, you know, taking 40% and giving some assholes 60% when we do all the work, we have the connections with the agents, with the artists, we have the, the direct connection with the crowd. They're not coming for, you know, the old man who owns the venue, they're coming for us. So yeah, we, we had very quick discussion. Do you, do you want to consider the option of opening up our own space? And we were lucky enough to find uh, the basement and cake shop. And the rest is history. Do you think that your, your mentality, your perception at that time was fundamentally rooted in more a, a Western perspective? Like, do you think that there's something innate about, I mean, it, it's just in general when it comes to Asian culture and the creative scene, like everyone's so scared of like jumping into there, into yeah. that, that world, right? Whereas like obviously coming from the Western world, you're just going to do it. Totally. It, we absolutely had, obviously we're Westerners, so our, our business mind, our creative mind, uh, I'm not going to say is better, but it's definitely different from at least what was happening at that time five years ago. And we were very confident. We, we had built up an, a decent network and we weren't scared at all. We knew what we were doing. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie, there were some hard months early on, but we stuck by it and you know, we didn't take a salary for years. We, we, we just stuck by it and we believed in our vision. And luckily, people followed after that. Yeah. How much was that based out of you guys doing something new and trusting your point of view versus them just like falling into it? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. We're lucky that we have, we have a really loyal following. Like even if they don't, our customers don't necessarily know the artists that we're bringing. Most of the time, they don't. Um, they trust us, which is awesome. And um, I think that comes from basically us being obsessives. <laughs> like uh, my whole team, we're obsessed. We're here every weekend, you know. And even though we've grown to have quite a large team now, we're all here because it's important for us to understand what's going on. And, on the ground, you know, and to see how the customers interact and just, just to see what's working and what's not working. And that comes from our upset. Like we love it. So I, I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And when I'm on holiday or whatever, all I'm doing is in the group chat with the guys, what's going on. And, you know, so sending, they send me videos and this, so we're all obsessives. And I think uh, that dedication speaks to our customers. You know, they respond, they feed off that. You can tell that Gabe and Sam set off to do their own thing. The minute we started talking to them, it was abundantly clear that this was sort of what they wanted to do with Cake Shop. And they wanted to sort of push away from a lot of the other things that were surrounding them when they were booking music. And I, just, I did a little bit more research into sort of Korea as a whole. And I came across this highly publicized study by a Dutch social psychologist by the name of 
Gert Hofstede, and he looked into the workplace values, and one of the cultures he looked into was Korean culture. It's here that he uncovered that South Koreans, on a score of 100, scored 18 when it came to individuality. So this effectively positioned them more as a society focused on collectivism. So knowing this, would you say that everything that Gabe and Sam and Cake Shop and Contra stand for kind of flies in the face of, of generally what Korean culture entails? Granted, I don't live in Seoul and I'm not there, you know, every day, every weekend. I don't get to see the scene at a day-to-day level. But what I will say is that, um, you know, Korea, like you said, has traditionally been very groupthink. It's been very collectivist in the way that the society is. And the same way that Itaewon was counterculture, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, maybe even more, right? Even more. Yeah. Cake shop and what these guys are doing is basically just sort of the new school of um, what the youth are, are looking for within Seoul and what the youth are doing now in Seoul. And so I think that when you look at somebody like Gabe, who has a background in being heavily influenced by indie rock culture, it's easy to see how Cake Shop and Contra have a very distinct individualistic leaning. Yeah, they it's just they stand out. I don't think it's necessarily about one's right and one's wrong. It's more that given the cultural circumstances, this is how it played out. If I was to give you one statement, what would your reaction be in that too many people now think they are consuming culture through indirect means where they're like, hey, someone might be following what's going on in cake, a cake shop on Instagram and they think they're part of it versus actually being here on a Saturday night. I think that's bullshit. We use Instagram as just a promotion tool. It's just like, it's a very simple, if you want to know what's going on, we don't, it's the best way to find all our events in one place. For example, we used to do a live stream in cake shop and I noticed people were tagging us on Instagram, pictures of them in front of their computer holding a beer. We go, I'm in cake shop. And it's like, "Mm, you don't get that. No. So I stopped doing it. I was like, if you want to come and experience what it's like, you have to come and be there with your physical body and get fucked up until five in the morning and, you know, sweat it out. uh, I think that... The one, the one kind of, well, not the, the singular one, but one of the few social interactions that cannot be replicated online is going to a nightclub. It's extremely physical and like in in terms of in terms of Koreans' music scene in general, like holistically, like in terms of a, a, a global vantage point, people look to obvious look to to K-pop and whatnot as a massive business. But I think understanding your guys' approach, it's very anti-business in a sense. Like, is that is the foil what creates your guys' value? Because you're so about up-and-coming stuff, you're not manufactured, you're about the authenticity of it all. Thank you for saying that. Because we, we, one of our biggest uh, sources of pride is that we are totally independent. And um, we, we don't have any branding inside. We're not in bed with any brands. They've tried. Um... And yeah, we operate on totally independent scale. So as I was saying earlier, yeah, there's been a few tough months because of that. You know, we didn't accept big company money and we never will. And um, I think it's that that ties in with my kind of indie rock background, I think, which is 
selling out is like the absolute worst thing you can do, you know, independent by all costs. And that's an ethos that we've carried with us over the years. And I think people innately respond to that. I think people respond to that kind of ethos. Yeah, there's no doubt that Gabe and his co-founder and the whole crew are committed to the cause. I mean, it's not just a day job for them. It's something that they, they live and breathe. What I really found interesting about everything they said was the experience, the association with Cake Shop. These aren't things that you can just transact outside the four walls of the space. It's like a reason why you can't buy a Cake Shop t-shirt. It's because they want you to be here to actually contribute to what cake shop represents that means spending you know a late night there getting super messed up getting twisted right well and it's like the whole idea that in order to experience what they're doing you can't just sort of buy into it remotely you have to actually go be on the ground and experience it in person which is why you know i think when you were talking to him he was sort of admitting that they're not necessarily opposed to, but they haven't um, they haven't jumped headfirst into doing product and like, you know, whoring out the brand like that because they want it to be this thing that you have to get it on the ground level first. Is there anything in your guys' like trajectory where you where you wish if you just had more money, you had more funding, you had a like someone was gonna inject money into it you could potentially spread you know the let's say your philosophy mm. i think everything should have a message i mean if you don't have a message or an ethos then what's the point but do you, to that point do you wish that you know at some times that that message was cast on a wider net i guess so but i'm pretty content i'm pretty comfortable with our influence and like if we were to get a cash injection with the understanding that it was, you know, we would be, uh, our, our message or our ethos wouldn't be interrupted at all. I think that's fantasy because somebody who gives you a cash injection has their own agenda and they have their own uh, ideas about what you should be and what you aren't and, and, uh, more money, more problems, you know? I, so I'm pretty content with where we're at now. When you look at sort of the Asian music scene um, in terms of just its interaction with the outside world, like I, I like I kind of prefaced in the beginning, there's like there's something about Cake Shop being sort of this marquee venue in this in this continent. Do you what do you think you guys have done that potentially has yet to be seen in a place like Shanghai or maybe like necessarily Tokyo, for example? Is it the mat? Is it your background being able to connect the Western world is it? Mm, that's pr probably that's part of it. Um, I think it's our obsessiveness, and that we're just dedicated, and we're here every day. And I think I think that's what separates us from other small business owners, especially within the nightlife industry. And um, we're also we're really focused on bringing up young crews because obviously without youth. You, you don't have a future in any business. So we're constantly, and that ties into us being here every day. We, you know, kids come up to us and then, oh, you, you know, I really like this DJ and I really, would you listen to my mix? Or, yeah, we're, we're just very focused on bringing up the youth and uh, 
Tokyo is like a whole other beast. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know if what we do would even resonate. How would you describe the trajectory of Korean music in, in the world you delve in? From the start till now, could you break it down into like small chapters? There was definitely like a big trap thing, uh, which we made a very conscious effort to move away from a few years ago. I guess it's still going on and like the the big EDM clubs now are just trap clubs. In the early movement of, I guess Cake Shop started with that kind of sound for better or for worse. I don't like it now. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that, but that's where we came from and... um, then we kind of transitioned away from that and alienated a few people in the process, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to describe the music that we're doing now. We do a little bit of this, we do a little bit of that. And it's, it's mostly just like left field stuff of all different genres. So if, you, if you're a weirdo, there's a space for you in K-Shop if you make dope shit. Gabe's interest is rooted in youth culture and Itaewon. And if you add in sort of his desire to highlight certain musical acts, you can see how Cake Shop has made itself a part of Seoul and Korea's musical fabric. Whether or not that's mainstream or not, that's always up for debate. I think it's more about what place and platform have they provided for a certain demographic. Cake Shop wasn't the first to bring a certain independent slant to the local scene but they have been vocal supporters of up-and-comers, people who are doing things independently and before these guys existed didn't necessarily have a platform or a community to be a part of. You mentioned that you guys have a big interest in, in the LGBT side of things. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that having such a strong... Like, first off, what's your personal interest in, in it? Uh, well, I have have a lot of gay friends, and they happen to be really awesome artists and really dope DJs. And uh, yeah, it just sort of happened. Uh, my buddy Lindsay, aka Ligry, he's the mastermind behind the LGBT parties that we do here. It's called he does one called Shade, and he does another called Femme. And uh, he's the man. Uh, his parties go off, and I'm really proud to provide like a safe space for the community. And most importantly, the parties go off the hardest, you know? If you look around the world, there's this widespread proliferation of South Korean beauty products, music, dramas. There's there's essentially, you know, this far-reaching web that encompasses many South Korean things. But at the very root of it, it's still a very conservative culture. That means that even in the capital, there's only been certain safe spaces for subcultures to thrive. And luckily for them, Cake Shop and Contra have become sort of supporters or backers of their cause. And I think that's something that's really admirable, especially in a time and place when a lot of, especially Asian cultures, they generally have a very defined sort of underpinning of how people should operate. You know, this allows you to sort of be yourself. Yeah, the city's LGBT community has really found allies in Cake Shop and Contra. 
where they continue to host special events regularly that speak to that community. Yeah, and having your own voice, I think, especially when that's sort of your backdrop or that's your lifestyle, I think it's critical. What do you think are, are your current challenges? There's a lot of copycats and there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of people who came from the cake shop school of thought who are now starting to do their own things and that's natural, I guess. And that's, that's a challenge for us, but we stand tall and we, you know, we, we're about to celebrate our fifth anniversary. So that's half a decade, you know, so actually we don't have that many challenges. We're, as I said, we're, I'm, we're pretty content. I'm just trying to build up uh, Contra now. And uh, yeah. Why did you think there was a need for Contra? We we wanted to, it, Cake Shop's pretty small. And when we have lineups of like, you know, 150, 200 people out the door, we wanted to give them a place to go. And uh, Contra, which used to be a restaurant, came up for rent and it just seemed stupid not to take it. You know, it was, it, we kind of felt like it was fate. It was like right when we had started discussing opening up our third venue. And then it was just here in our building. And it's been a huge challenge. It's our most ambitious project by far. But people are really starting to respond now. And yeah, the, the can feel like it's starting to hit now. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about the whole youth movement. And obviously, the, there's a lot of dialogue about Cake Shop birthing the, the careers of a lot of a lot of people. Do you feel that they owe you anything when they blow up and they start to like take on a different agenda? Because some people obviously go a certain route and maybe they no longer have that same sort of interest or mentality of being super authentic. That's an interesting question. I don't think anybody owes us anything. I think so. any of those people who came up through the cake shop system will carry that ethos with them and... That's an interesting question because I haven't actually seen that. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody who's blown up. And do you think there's a as you as you see sort of the development of of youth culture, like based on when you came versus now? Do you think that things have have changed in the way youth people, the youth, are creating how their their perception? Totally. Yeah, things are things are way more open now. It's not so. If, if, I guess it was quite limiting and quite stifling when we first opened. A lot of guys didn't really have a place to go or other than the internet. or, And so I, I like to think that we've given them kind of a place to be weird and be fucked up and, and just express yourself. Yeah, I'm thinking specifically of like this, there's this group we work with called Subbeat. It's very like otaku, kind of not traditionally like cool guys. I love them. I think they're awesome and their parties go off. And it's been really cool to see their progression specifically. I mean, that's just one example, but to see it, the, just the scene grow up and all these kids kind of ride with us for the last five years. One of the more memorable parts from the interview that resonated with me listening was Gabe's passion for something really simple and that was music and he didn't care as much about having all the bells and whistles or all the trinkets that like most nightlife places would prioritize they actually have a fairly simple setup it's very 
um, light driven. You know, it's all have it all has a red cast to it, um, but the music is always on point, and that's kind of the point, pun intended, of what they're doing is that they're getting the music right, and so people come in looking for the music and meet the community of like-minded people that are looking for that as well. And everyone else in the town, in the city, is trying to get all these flashy things in their club and trying to have insane build-outs, but they get the music horribly wrong. And you can see why when you get that one simple thing right and it's really authentic and it's really pure, people start to gravitate towards what you're doing. Yeah, I think Cake Shop definitely cemented itself from a credibility standpoint, which allowed them to push into Contra. And I think Gabe's pretty open about admitting that Contra is a little bit more refined. You know, it's just another way of of positioning their insight and their POV on music. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, I guess the difference is probably that Cake Shop is a little bit more, like, night nightlife. Like, like underground. Like, underground. I don't know if that's right. It's a little bit more, yeah. like, ratchet, maybe. And Contra has... A few different offerings, right? There's like the top floor. Uh, well, actually, there's the roof, which is really nice and kind of vibey. There's the top floor that is a little bit more lounge driven. There's seating, there's like booths. Um, and as you go lower, you kind of see how you go from like the upper floor, kind of casual, comfortable, but still driven by good music and good drinks. And then you go literally all the way down to Cake Shop that is in the basement where it feels a little bit more high energy and like it feels more club vibe what was your thought when you first saw contra versus you know knowing what cake shop was because we you basically were more familiar with cake shop when i first saw contra the main thing that stood out was actually just on their instagram which was the graphic nature of all their flyers and everything that they were putting up on instagram and it just gave a really clear picture of what contra stood for even though they actually didn't have that many photos of the interior space on their feed. So it was cool to be able to just see this graphic design style or leaning that Gabe was doing for his space and not even really get to see photos of the space, but understand what they were trying to create. How would you describe your own sort of personal interest in, in our direction. Cake shop is very no frills. It's just a dingy basement. And those, those are the type, like I spoke about comfort zone earlier. Those are like the type of places that I grew up in. Um, but yeah, when I was, when I was 18 years old, I went to New York city and I went to a place called the dark room. I don't know if it still exists anymore, but that first of all, I was 18 and like I used a fake ID to get in, which was like the greatest moment of my life. And it was totally black except for these like red lights. And that place stayed with me. And years later when we opened Cake Shop, that was what I had in my mind. Just like a piece of shit with red lights and a good sound system and good music. And that was our original intent. Contra was a little bit, a little nicer, a little bit more, yeah, grown up. And, but I, I like to think that maybe some of that kind of gutterness is still is still in there yeah that's really i think it's really important what is sort of the approach i mean because you you do all the graphic work mm. for representing sort of yeah the kind of uh, the, the artists that are coming through and a little bit of the spirit in terms of how 
the idea, you know, club culture and flyers and, and, and graphics is super huge, rich, yes. you know, history there. Totally. So it's kind of as a graphic designer, how do you, uh, how do you approach your process in representing the artists? <laughs> I've got like, I've, I've been doing it for so long and I do so many per week that I just bang them out now. They send me their press kit and I fuck with the picture of the art. It depends if the artist looks cool or if they're kind of nerdy or whatever, then I fuck with it a little bit. I slap some fonts over it and literally that's, I, I do it in like 15 minutes now. But one thing I will never do is make an Instagram sized thing. I always make the full size poster. I guess I'm old school like that. And we don't do, I don't like to make the Instagram videos and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I kind of make so many of them now that I don't really put that much thought into it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that people like them. People tell me all the time, like, well, who does the posters? And, well, you do all this shit. And it's like a million of them. I'm like, yeah, I have no choice but, I, but to do it quickly at this point. So, um, I'm really into fonts. I, that's my thing. So I like to seek out as many fonts as I can. And I think that's what makes our, some, I like to think that's what makes it interesting is, uh, anyways, I don't, I don't really know because I just do them so quickly. So do you have a go-to font? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the the one that we use for Contra. I don't want to divulge what it is though, because I I paid for it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, people tell me all the time they really like the Contra font. And where did you get it? And I say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> is there a, a finite road for what you guys are doing, or like, is there actual things that you can continue growing on? Like, what is the evolution of Contra and Cake Shop? Like, is there? Uh, I'd like to see us. I'd like to see Cake Shop make it to ten years. I'm super proud of five years. I mean, but to make it to 10 would be amazing. That's sort of the short term, short term. I mean, that's sort of the goal right now. And um, we also do live concerts and stuff. Um, I guess maybe we might get into the festival game at some point. Start by curating a small stage or something. We've talked about things like that. But um, we just want to make it to 10 years. That would be like a huge, huge accomplishment for us. And for you, you, Korea is essentially home. Like there is no other place you would, you would never, obviously, I asked this, this question to a lot of Canadians, would you ever go home? I miss it a lot. I think about it often, especially when it seems like nuclear war is imminent. But then the reality of that situation sets in and it's like, I go home, what am I going to do there? You know, all my connections, all my, yeah, my career basically is here. So while I do think about it often, I, I don't think I would ever actually. Do you feel a personal interest in growing the music scene in Itaewon, in Seoul, in Korea? Mm, I guess so. I'm proud to see the younger guys come up and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. At the end of the day, we're just trying to kind of kind of trying to just run a small business and just uh, do what we do and focus on our customers and their experience first and foremost. It's nice to see the scene growing, but I don't really feel a personal, that, that strong a personal yeah. interest in, in that. Yeah. In terms of Korean culture, it's often been deemed very iterative. You know, it's just like derivative of something else. Yeah. How, how do you think that plays into how it creates things? 
Well, there's a lot of copying, and I, it sucks. Um, I don't know why, actually why that is. You know, you, there's, I don't know if you've seen, like, the fake Tim Hortons. It's called Tim House, and it's, like, the same font and, like, the same... Like, I, don't, I don't know how that's okay or why that's accepted, but it kind of is. As a graphic artist and a, as a musician, it really bothers me. And I've seen a lot of iterations of our stuff, like the red neon, and it bothers me, but I, I don't know why that's so ingrained in Korean culture. And it's interesting that you bring that up because not many people really, like, want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, like, I guess I'm curious because, like, if you have cool independent people coming up that are Korean, right, yeah. something within them feels like they want to push against what is the societal norm. Totally. Right? Yeah, they, I mean, there's a lot of guys who aren't doing that now. There's a graphic designer called DHL. He's the homie. He's dope. There's a couple of guys called Palindrome. Palindrome Studio. Those guys are dope. And um, I guess hope, uh, we can just hope that people will stop doing that and... We do our part, and hopefully other people will do theirs. Getting copied is really a byproduct of their successes. But at the end of the day, success that's born out of real relationships and real community can't rely on a culture of copying. Yeah, the work that they're putting in, you know, night in, night out, it's rooted in something much more important and in this industry, which I'd say is very much rooted in relationships and community and nothing sort of tangible. You know, it's like these sort of, these moments you have with people. It's 4 a.m. At, at Cake Shop. It's a great conversation at Contra. These are things that, that is the sort of foundation of, of a successful business in the nightlife world, I'd say. And on top of that, they've also created a path for globally relevant DJs to make their mark in Asia. You know, there's all of a sudden you have a place you can play at when you're in Korea that you feel fits what your vision is as an artist or a DJ or a musician. The community aspect is undeniable because what social media has sort of convoluted recently in the last, you know, five to 10 years is that people end up living for a tool or living for um, a software or a device and forget that actually what made those things really popular is actually just a simple aspect, which is community, right? Like Instagram. Yeah, like connecting with people. Connecting with people, right? Like Instagram really wouldn't be what it is today if it didn't have that community aspect of like, wow, I can connect with this other person across the world. And so it's gotten noisy, obviously, as we all know, over the last few years, but um, I think if you look at any movement, whether it was people getting excited about, you know, a single space in Seoul, like Contra or Cake Shop, people getting excited about a new app or something, it's always driven by community. It's always driven by people being able to connect with other like-minded people. And that's what moves us all forward. And I think that's what these guys are doing in Seoul. This is a kind of a weird way of looking at it, but the club is kind of like a physical manifestation of social media as a social network because it's you know the certain there's certain types of people that are going to be there and you kind of connect with those people and you sort of build real meaningful relationships out of it it's almost like it could feel like it's in retrograde you know when you look when you talk to him and you're like why aren't you you know more active on instagram or why aren't you like 
you know, blogging more, doing all this stuff in a digital space. And it's not that those things are bad, but I think that it's interesting that their slant is like, look, we want to build community through essentially one-on-one in-person connections in our space, you know? And if, if you want to be a part of that community, we want you to be in the space where we are every day, living, eating, having fun, et cetera. For you guys currently, I mean, obviously you guys started the conversation with DJs from South, South Africa, mm-hmm. for example. Where do you see that, that sort of global connectivity coming to play? And do you think that, you know, music as we know it is going to enter yet another phase where like, before it was major cities being connected, now you're connecting the lesser known regions of the world, right? I'm super proud of that, yeah. It's my pleasure to do that. Um, And hopefully, yeah, this guy, we were talking about DJ Lag, he's from Durban. Uh, My mother's South African, so that was like particular, like I told her about it and she was like, wow, that's so cool, you guys are like booking guys from Durban. so yeah, just hopefully we can continue to do more bookings like that. There's part of me that, that came before I came to South Korea and just from the outside looking in mm. that you feel it's a certain way. It's very commercial. Things are kind of set up in a factory format where yeah. I'm going to put you through this through this gauntlet yeah. to, so that I'll spit out a, a K-pop star at the end of the day, right? And it's interesting because my outside perception wasn't necessarily wrong when I came here, you know? Yeah. But then it's interesting to see like, you know, your perception of how you operate. And I, I, I'm always just interested in the cultural context because you and I probably with a more Western background yeah. see things a lot differently. And we were able to kind of not be part of that game because mm-hmm. we never really grew up part of that right. game, right? And then it's just like how people that are under the influence of society and culture kind of are stuck. Well, I think if you dig a little deeper... Um, and again, I, I don't want to talk, I can't talk about all of South Korea or even all of Seoul. What, what we know is the Itaewon scenes. I think if you, if you dig a little deeper, you'll find people with face tattoos and <laughs> people who are operating outside of that kind of cookie cutter realm. And uh, as I said earlier, you know, our independent spirit, that's, we, we try and do our part to uh, show people that things can, you can be successful in a different kind of way. And that's all, that's all we can do is, you know, just do our best and stick by our ethos. And hopefully people will understand that, yeah, there's another way. How do you think Itaewon, like, if you were to describe Itaewon to someone who is unfamiliar, what would, what would be the defining points that, that differentiate it from your perspective with anywhere else in, in Seoul slash South Korea? It's really international. And it's uh, just see people from all different walks of life and... I mean, there's like a huge mosque in Itaewon. You're not going to find a mosque in, in like the middle of Gangnam, you know? And so it's just that kind of immigrant culture, you know, which I think is like really kind of weird to a lot of Koreans. That's what this neighborhood is based off of. And coming from Canada, you realize how important immigrants are, you know? They make up the mo- some of the most interesting uh, sections of society. So I think that's basically what Itaewon is. It's a microcosm of that. Just immigrants everywhere doing their thing. So you get a lot of really good restaurants, a lot of dope bars, and just interesting people walking around. 
What, what did you think before opening Cake Shop? What did you think it was going to be like? And what has been the reality of opening it? It's been exactly as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we saw that, that there was a hole for like the smaller independent boutique club that was doing more focused bookings. And as I said, it, things were hard at the beginning, but we expected that as well. We're kind of exactly where we thought we would be. Yeah, I didn't think that we would have three three places by now, but I'm happy that we do. <laughs> and uh, it's been very few surprises, to be honest. Yeah, it's been pretty smooth. Do you have one moment that sticks out as being <coughs> the best, as well as maybe the worst? It's like that highs and lows of of emotional yeah, resonance. Yeah. We, I think it was January 2014. James Blake had a concert in Seoul. And got in touch and was like, yo, I want to come through. And, and we were like kind of young at that point. And it was like the dead of winter. And he was like, yo, I want to come through with the guys and do a DJ set after my concert. And so we all went to the to the show and we weren't allowed to announce it or anything. But it was like me and two of my, boy, my boys. And we were handing out cake shop flyers after the concert. And that was the first time we had like a lineup around the block. And I think that was the, that was kind of a turning point where people looked at it at cake shop and they were like okay shit like james blake specifically selected this place and i think i really look at that as a turning point and there's been a lot of low point, low points sitting down there with like 10 people it's like what are we doing what the fuck is this and i spent the night in the in prison i don't want to get much of it. that was definitely a low point not only in my career but in my life you know it's yeah there's been a lot and D dj premiere coming through was another big one you know he played and then the following night he came he came back just to hang out i just sat downstairs drinking a bottle of whiskey with dj premiere i'll never forget that night but there's been there's been much more highs than lows thankfully knock on wood for two former english teachers turned club owners sam and gabe are outsiders in both appearance and direction Despite not following a prototypical mold, I'd say the one thing that's been really their strength is this level of authenticity that runs so deep. They've been so very unwavering, so committed to how music should be experienced and enjoyed. And I mean, at the end of the day, these experiences aren't for everyone, but they know that this is what they believe in and this is what they're going to push forward. And this has meant rejecting big corporate money sometimes who are just seeking to buy their way into the dingy basement vibes of Cake Shop. Or even Contra, like there's no, there's no big logos, big flashy logos when you walk in. Yeah, and that's really a big no to say to someone. South Korea is enjoying an unprecedented period of global worldwide interest, thanks in no small part to successful cultural exports like K-pop. Yeah, there's no doubt that Korean K-pop and the Korean entertainment scene has deep pockets that help promote its artists and distribute these catchy, albeit iterative tunes. But Cake Shop is sort of this simple business with simple goals. Do dope, authentic shit and make it to 10 years. I guess it was very much time and place, but if we started now, I think we, we could still do it, but it would be a lot harder because that the mold of like the big champagne super club has been 
kind of broken. I don't know if it's only in Seoul. I think it's probably all over the world, right? Um, but five years ago, that was right in the heyday of, of those kinds of venues. So we were very much the anti that. Uh, I, that's a good question. I don't know what would happen if we opened up today. We also want to be the last, you know, the first and the last. So that's why I was saying 10 years is like, when we get to 10 years, nobody's fucking with, with you at 10 years deep in the game, you know? Every night being there and yeah, we're dedicated to that. It's first and last. That's where my mind is at now.